Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Walea Kinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. This is a new year. I want to share with us today, and please give me your attention for the minutes we have. Share with you today from Psalm 37 and verse 4. Psalm 37 verse 4, just one verse. We're going to bring out some points here. Psalm 37 verse 4. In the NKJV version, the New King James Version, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, in the days when most of us used to have a paper Bible, I would have said, let's read it together, whatever your translation. Obviously, most of us don't anymore, except people like me that are still old school, that still read our Bibles the same old way. Thank you, Jesus. I just don't know why. Just when I flip the paper, I just feel the Holy Spirit is with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> then when I read it on my phone, but I do read it on my phone, of course, and on my laptop. But can we read it together? It's on the screen. Is that, can we do that? All right. Three, two, one, go. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Let's pray. Father, we honor you. Ah, what a mighty God you are. Thank you for your presence that is already here. We give you all the glory. Receive our thanks, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in the, the TPT translation, it says, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. And he will provide for you what you desire the most. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life and he will provide for you what you desire the most. This is a TPT translation of Psalm 37 verse 4. The context of this particular verse is that this psalm was written by King David. David was the king, but David was an embodiment of the principles we're about to share right now. David, as a king, was a man that was a shepherd boy, you know the story, that was at the back of the mountains, all right, doing his work as a shepherd, and the prophet called Samuel was about to come and choose a king in his father's house. His father's name was Jesse. His father brought out seven boys. It, not, it was not even considered. But God said none of the seven people, seven boys, seven children that his father Jesse brought out was going to be a king. He said, so he asked Jesse, he said, do you still have another one? He said, well, yeah, I have one. It's just at the back there. You know, well, let's try and get him. And Samuel said something very powerful. He said, we will not sit down until he will come. And they brought the boy in. And 1 Samuel 16, 13 says, David was anointed as king in the midst of his brothers. So David understood this. There was a time when they were bringing the Ark of Covenant into Jerusalem, and David danced with all of his might, so much so, so much so that his outer garment fell off. And Micah, who happened to be the daughter of Saul, his wife, his wife. Okay, Micah, his wife, that happens to be the daughter of Saul, 
started making fun of him that he made himself a base in front of the maids. And David said, it was before the Lord. It was before the Lord that made me a king. Okay, and by the way, and he spoke like African people will speak at sometimes. And he said, well, you know, you want to remove your father and put me there. Thank you, Jesus. You see, friends, God still raises the poor from the dust and leaves the needy from the hardship to place them among the princes of his people. Is there anybody here that has ever experienced God promote them? No, 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 no. Let's, let's do this again. Let's do this again. I want you to be honest with yourself. Is there anybody here? that have expressed a promotion you know you did not deserve. You know you didn't deserve it, but you just know, but they gave you the promotion, and you know this can only be explained by God. Well, if that is you, why don't you open your mouth and give him some praise just for a second. Give him some praise for five seconds. Give him praise for five seconds. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Please be seated. This was the testimony of David. David knew how to touch the heart of God. God himself said it. He said, he's a man after my own heart. He knew how to pull the strings in the heart of God. Some of those principles today is what we're going to look at. Every one of us, we want the desires of our heart to be fulfilled. But how do we get to that? I want to share with you three principles embedded in this verse of scripture. Three principles. And based on these three principles, I want you to understand that whatever desire you have in your heart today, it will become a reality this year. Thank you for the three and a half amens. This year, 2024, the desires of your heart will become a reality. It will no longer be a figment of your imagination. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ushers, can you help me please? Some of the people in this sanctuary are not, they're not really excited to be in the sanctuary. Can you bring the people in the overflow in please? The God that clears out the old because of the new. Leviticus 26 verse 10. This year, you will see new things you have never seen before. You will experience new levels you have never experienced before. I know I'm speaking to somebody. You will experience new levels you have never experienced before. In the name of Jesus Christ. Three powerful principles embedded in this verse. And please, let me say this to you. What I'm sharing with you, please don't take it lightly. This is not theory. Alright? These are workable principles that have been acted upon and by the message of God to the glory of his name has produced results. So this is not some theoretical principles that have been conjured on the drawing board in the studio. These are life principles from the word of God that cannot fail. And they have been applied. And we have seen to the glory of the Almighty God. We have been privileged to see the results. Psalm 37 verse 4 Delight yourself in the Lord. What is the first principle? This is the first principle. Everyone has desires in their hearts. That's the first principle. Everyone has desires in their hearts. Everyone has desires in their heart. You might be here today and say, well, you know, I've been battered and bruised by circumstances. 2023 was a rough year for me, so I don't even know if I have any dream. No, you do. 
Let me say this to you. There is no circumstance, there is no situation in the world that can beat the dream God put in your heart, can, can beat it out of you. Nothing like that. Yes, it can cloud it, but you can't beat it out. Oh, am I speaking to somebody here now? It can cloud it, it can't beat it out. You have this desire in your heart, but circumstances, you've tried, you failed, it didn't work out the first time, it didn't work out the second time, you were a bit disappointed here, the results you wanted to see, you didn't see it, and now you feel, you feel now, some of you might feel, maybe you're watching online, you're all up, our online family, and you feel, I'm not even sure, maybe I don't even have any, so somebody, if you ask you right now, you know, if you write an exam, I, I don't know about you, if some of us that have written personal exams. If you write a personal exam that is very strategic to your to the advancement of your career, and it didn't work out first time, second time it didn't work out. You know, and somebody is asking you, you know, what, what, what how about the plans you said you wanted to do? You know, all of a sudden doubt creeps in. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Thank you, the three and a half people. Yeah. Doubt creeps in a little bit. You start feeling a little bit, oh my God, I'm not even sure. I don't even know if I should pursue this desire anymore. Let me say this to you. This is Satan's ploy to use circumstances, all right, to deflate your passion in the pursuit of your dream, to use circumstances around you to deflate your passion. Jesus Christ said in John 10:10, 10, 10, the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. Usually we focus on this on the kill and the destroy. But the steal is worse. And I'll tell you why. Because you see, stealing, stealing is different from robbery. Robbery is when somebody comes in armed to take it by force. Stealing is when somebody takes it by stealth. So somebody watches you, you're not there, you're not paying attention, or distracts you, and then takes what is very precious and takes it away from you. Well, that's what Satan wants to do all the time. He doesn't just come to rob. He's a thief. A thief can steal or rob. Rob, robbery is when the person comes armed and tries to take it by force, and Satan tries to do that. But stealing is worse. He said, oh, master, did you not sow good seeds in your ground? How come it's bearing tears? He said, while men slept, an enemy has done this. That's what Satan likes to do, to steal, just when you're not paying attention. And there's some of us that are here today, your aspirations, the dreams you had, you came into this country with, you've been in this country for six months, one year, you came in, you excited. When you came out of the plane and you landed at the Pearson Airport, well, I don't know whatever you landed in. Whether you landed at the airport, you came in by the seaport, you came in on land, you came in by air, whatever way you came in. When you landed, hallelujah, you were excited. You came in with a bounce. You started last year with a bounce. But now, you'll be deflated. You're looking at the Satan begin to whisper into your ears, will it ever happen? <laughs> will it ever happen? Will this thing ever happen? Are you sure? Okay, have you not been praying? Have you not been fasting? How come it doesn't happen? They told you to stay in the world, read the world, exercise your faith. You've been doing it. How come it's not happened? Look at your friends. They don't even go to church. See how they're moving forward. Satan is a liar. I said, Satan is a liar. I said, Satan is a liar. You have to learn how to tell the enemy, be silent. Like Elisha said to the people the enemy was using when we were telling him, your master is going to be taken away today. The implication of that is that you have served for all this number of years, you will get nothing. And Elisha said, keep quiet. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. And he followed, he followed Elijah 
from Bethel to Gilgal, from Gilgal to Jericho, from Jericho, they crossed the Jordan. And when they crossed the Jordan, Elijah turned to Elisha and said, ask me what you want. And he said, the double portion. He got the double portion. The same people on the other side of the river, they were making fun of him. They came back to him and said, they bowed to him and said, the spirit of Elijah, Elijah is upon Elisha. Second Kings 2 Kings 2.15. Let me say this to you. All those that have made fun of you, thank you. I'm feeling the energy on this side. Everyone that has made fun of you, anyone that has said anything denigratory about you, whoever has ridiculed you, this year, 2024, they will laugh with you in Jesus' name. God will give you a testimony that will change the game. God, he will give you a testimony that will change the game. In the name of Jesus Christ. When people mock you, people laugh at you, don't throw away the desires of your heart. Listen to me, friends. Somebody's here, you need to hear this. Please don't reduce your dream to fit in. Please listen very carefully to me. Never reduce your dream, the size of your dream, so you can fit in to a group of friends. Let them call you non-conformist. That's all right. You are not conforming to the opinion of men. You are trying to conform to the word of God. Let me say this to you. Nobody knows how far you can go except God that wrote the scroll of your life. Don't let anybody bring their crooked ruler to try and measure your destiny. Oh, I think I'm swinging to the right side of people on this side. I'm swinging to the right side. Don't let anybody bring a crooked ruler to measure the depth, depth of your destiny. They don't know. Respectfully to your biological parents, they don't even know. They don't know. They don't know. They might be guessing. They might have an idea. They might have a clue. Respectfully to the pastor of your church, he does not know. He might guess. He might look at it. Even if God reveals it to him, he only knows the parts. Nobody knows it in full. Nobody. So why do you want to reduce the size of a dream? You came into this country, you said to yourself, you landed, you said to yourself, I'm going to be a, a real estate investor. And here you are right now, you're struggling to pay rent. And somebody, somebody looks at you and says, <laughs> investor. You know, and people know how to call people's name. You say, I'm going to be an investor. I just love, I've been reading a lot of books, you know. I just like, you know, the way Warren Buffett has been investing and all of that in stocks and, and these companies. And people look at it and say, hey, Warren Buffett, man. And we can make, make fun of you. And people make fun of you. You want to go to medical school? You've tried. You've written the MCAT exam. It's not worked out first time. Second time, you struggled a little bit. And people look at it and say, doctor, doctor. What is that? What is that? Don't rejoice over me, my enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, light shall arise for me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Shake off the jokes of men. Shake off the ridicule. When Nehemiah wanted to build the wall, they ridiculed him. They made fun of him. They said, what are you going to build? Even if you build the wall, when the fox goes on it, and the fox is one of the animals that goes, that goes gently, when the fox goes on it, they said it's going to crumble anyway. That's what people will say. They say, what can you do? You want to build a business? What business is this? You want to do again? An African store? Are you okay? What's wrong with you? Let me say this to you. You see? Who you are, who you are, is more important than what you do. Listen carefully to me. I'm going to teach extensively on this during this year when I talk about on the topic success and significance. Watch out for that, for that series. Who you are is more important than what you do. It is who you are that brings dignity to what you do. 
So don't be, don't let anybody knock you down and say, really? African store? Ha! I thought you went to school. Yes, that's why I'm going to use school to take it from the level it is today to another level entirely. There's a man called Alan Sugar. Alan Sugar, A-L-A-N, then Sugar. He used to be the owner of a football club in England, because I've linked with England before, um, called Tottenham Hotspot, all right, football club. This man was, was, was a billionaire, and um, he bought Tottenham um, football club. He used to hustle, he used to sell second-hand clothes from the trunk of the car of his friend that he borrowed. That's how he started business. And people used to make fun of him. He used to sell it by the Tottenham Stadium. When people come, come and buy, and people are, they have the ticket, they're trying to watch a game, he would be hustling, you know, hustling, Alan Sugar. He eventually owned the club. You've seen this. If, I'm sure some of you, um, maybe there's some Nigerians in the house here today. There's a guy in soccer called Victor. He's the topmost Nigerian soccer player right now. He won, just won the African best player in Africa, Victor Simenel. Go and check his story and find out where he grew up. He grew up basically, practically, on the garbage dump. The area where he grew up in is actually a garbage dump. That's, he grew up on the garbage dump, practically. Today, he stopped there. When he was on that garbage dump and they used to play soccer, not with soccer, not with ball, but maybe with clothes that have been wrapped together, rags, rags together, he used to kick it. And he probably somehow, because his destiny, on the inside of him, he felt it, that one day he will be the best player in Africa. Imagine if he voiced that, playing at the garbage dump with rags. Somebody would have looked at him and laughed and said, I can't believe this. How dumb can you be? But look at it today. Please don't let anybody cut you down. It's okay if they don't believe in you, but please believe in yourself. Can I say to somebody here, it is not humility to reduce the size of your dream. It is not humility to reduce the size of your dream. And I want to say again to somebody that is here, please listen carefully. Until you fulfill that dream, you, until you, you start working towards the actualization of your deep-seated desires, you will never be fulfilled in life. Never be fulfilled in life. No matter what you have, you will never be fulfilled in life. So you have a dream, you've left it after five years, you left it three years ago, take it up again! Thank you, my, my, my daughter. Take it up again. Don't let anybody knock it down. You want to be a medical doctor, you tried before, you thought, now you're 45. I read the story of a guy, he's a mechanic. Now, a mechanic, there's nothing wrong with me, like a mechanic in this part of the world, they make a lot of money. But in Nigeria, where somebody's a mechanic, he's a destiny killer. Are you speaking to me? Destiny killer, a mechanic. 20 something years, after a while, he left it and he's a medical doctor today. From a mechanic. One of us here in the house here is a lawyer. Um, the guy that plays the guitar for us, his dad. I'm sure he's in this service today. He had me preach on a message, a message here, don't forget your dreams at Lenwood Drive. He wanted, he's always wanted to be a lawyer. He had left it many, many days ago. He had that message, he, he shook himself and picked it up. That same day, 
he just agreed in that sermon. That same day he got home, somebody wanted to come and he had had an appointment. Somebody wanted to come and do a presentation to sell insurance to him. As they were having the conversation, the guy looked at him and said, you know what, you should be a lawyer. And from then on, put things together. He went to England, he studied law, he came back. Came back from studying law. Today now, he got, you know, he got qualified in the bar here in Canada. Today, right now, he's practicing law. He did not leave the dream behind. <laughs> Our greatest joy in life is tied to the fulfillment of these desires. Please don't let the desires go. Keep writing it down. Write the vision that those who read it may run with it. It may tarry, though it tarry. Wait for it, for it will not yet tarry. Don't lose it. A lot of the things that our parents told us in those days, not their fault, but they grew up in an economy that was very narrow. The things they told us, don't do, you can't do, waste of time. Seriously, you want to do that? How can you do that? All those things. They forced us to read physics, chemistry, biology. When there's no biology in our destiny, there's no physics in our chemi des destiny, and definitely, except God does recreation, there's no chemistry in our destiny. For some of us, for me, it was okay for me, it was my area. For some of us, it was not. And they forced us because of their own reputation. And some of their children were good in basketball. They didn't allow them to play. Look at Giannis. Basketball. His, his real name is Giannis Adetokumbo. Not the Greek version of the name. His, his parents took him from Nigeria as a teenager, brought him to Greece. And then he, he started playing basketball. He's been playing from Nigeria. And now today, now he's. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a champion. He's a giant. Look at all these people. Don't stop. Keep at it. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. When you awaken and you articulate this desire, that's what is called a vision. When you awaken the desire and you articulate it, that's what is called a vision. So when we say a vision, a vision does not come from the outside. All the master classes you've been going to on the internet to know what your vision is. Don't waste your time and waste your money. The vision is not outside of you. It's within you, but it is within you as a desire. It is the articulation of that desire that's called a vision. Thank you, Jesus. You will not be a footnote in history. You will not be a footnote in history. The second, thing, the second principle is this. Now, don't forget the first principle is everyone has the desire in their heart. There are three powerful principles. The second principle is this. It's very powerful. The second principle. And please, when, people, when I say this, people just agree with it automatically. But you, need to, you really need to understand the implication. The second principle is this. Only God can bring those desires to pass. Only God. I didn't say God is one of the options. I said what? Come on, repeat it again after me, please. Not, not that God is one of the options. Because when people hear this, what in their, their mind filters it, and what, they, what the mind is telling them is, God is low. It's a, it's, a, it's a first option. It's an ideal option. But you know, if, if it's not there, if it's too slow, and if you're not getting to him, then you know, I'll figure out another way of doing this. Please understand. Only God can bring them to pass. This is what you need to understand. Without the active participation of God, frustration is inevitable. 
without the active participation of God in your life, frustration is inevitable. It's amazing that man wants to fulfill with his own ability what God put in you. What God put in you is a God-sized dream. Man will never be able to fulfill it. No matter how smart you are, listen, that's why Jesus said to them, I'm the true vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. The earlier, for all of my young people in the house, the earlier you accept this statement and believe it, the easier your life will be. That Jesus, I agree, without you, I can do nothing. The earlier you accept and believe it, not just mentally agree with it, but accept and believe it is true. Please don't try and prove that statement experientially. I tried it. I tried it. Then I realized that, ah, it's true. It's true. I tried it. When I was a teenager, by the grace of God, when I was in what in Africa was called secondary school, I had the grace that God, now I know I call it grace, I call it gift of God. At that time, I didn't call it gift of God. I didn't call it grace. I just knew I was smart at that time. I won so many awards for my school, physics, chemistry, biology, and everything. And that's what led me to study pharmacy. And in my pharmacy school, University of Ife, I mean, by God's grace, I was one of the top in my class. No doubt about that. Class of 1990. If you have any friends, cousin, uncle, ask them. Why they are They'll tell you. No, it's true. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's a record that is there. Then I went to London. And I got to London. I remember I was looking for a job, National Westminster Bank. Just a job to be able to put body and soul together, get an extra money, and write my pharmacy exams. Only for me to get there. And but the exam they were giving me was what we call National Common Entrance in Nigeria, which I did at the age of nine, age nine or ten, you did in Nigeria. And I got there and I filled it. This is me that won awards in mathematics. And I filled it, National Common Entrance. Then, you know, like the Bible says concerning Manasseh, and Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Please don't try and test that statement that without me you can do nothing. Don't try and test it experientially. It's not a good idea. I survived it because I repented fast. <laughs> Some people never survived it because they don't repent. Accept it without God. These desires I have in me, it can't come to pass. And let me say this to you. God will never inspire you to do what will not need him. Every dream God gives you, every desire God puts in your heart will need the hand of God, not the hand of man, the hand of God to bring it to pass. It will need the hand of God to bring it to pass. Man can bring it to pass. You can bring it to pass. I can bring it to pass. The hand of God. Please understand, don't just mentally agree with this statement. It's a simple principle, but I've seen many, I've done this for many years. I've seen many people mentally agree, but then they don't, it's, listen, listen. The proof, the proof of, of, of desire is pursuit. If you really believe God, that only God can bring it to pass, then you make God your number one in your life. God is my number one. That's it. I don't mind if everybody is not pleased with me, as long as God is pleased with me. You will make God your number one. All right? 
only God can bring it to pass. In Isaiah 46, verse 10 to 11, quickly, Isaiah 46, verse 10 to 11 says, remember, I'm reading from the TPT now, remember the miracles of long ago. Acknowledge that I am God and there's no other. I am God and there's none like me. I declare from the beginning how it will end. I foretell from the start what has not yet happened. I decree that my purpose will stand and I will fulfill my every plan. Verse 11, I call that bird of prey, Cyrus, sweeping in from the east, from a distant land, he came, the man of my purpose. I have spoken, yes, I will bring it to pass. I have formed my plan, yes, I will do it. Notice that last sentence. I have formed my plan, yes, I will do it. NKJV says, I have purposed, I will also bring it to pass. Listen carefully. I will also do it. What God has put in you, that desire, which when you articulate is called a vision, you can't bring it to pass. You can't. The reason why we go to school and we develop our skills and our talent and we refine them is so that God can have full expression through us. Come on, is somebody learning something today? So that God can have full expression through us. But only God can bring it to pass. You can be talented and have no opportunity. God can bring So because you know this particular principle, number one, the first principle, every man has a desire in their heart. Number two, the second principle, only God can bring it to pass. Because I know that, then I will not be bothered or concerned about what my best friend feels about me because I'm pursuing God. I will give my all to God. I will press in to God because the only one that can bring it to pass is God. And you know, you know, let me say this to you. I've been here for a few years in this country. I can tell you something. People change their minds. It's in the Bible, but I can also tell you experientially. People change their minds. People, they change their minds. So if you base your life on people's opinion of you, oh, I don't know what my friends are going to say, no, well, if I keep on now fasting and praying and seeking God, you know, if I keep dancing, if I go to the front and start dancing, you know, if I keep praising God, if I shout aloud, I'm, I, I don't know, I don't want my friends to feel somehow. Those same friends, if they see you and you don't make it, they will make fun of you. But if you shout, you praise God, you dance before God, it looks like, oh, what is wrong with you? Don't, can't you just comport yourself? But you're dancing before God, and then you have results. There will be the same people that say, you know, I've always known you will have the results. And then they will learn your dance. Then they will learn your song. Then they will learn your moves. Then your moves now becomes a star. Then you now patent it. When people now refer to it, you now become the blueprint of the same thing they were mocking in time past. The third key, and this is a very important part. The first key, everyone has a desire. The second key, the second principle. Now, so we want to bring the two of them together. We want to bring God and the desire together so we can see the result. And this is it. The third key is this. In order to secure the hand of God, you must delight yourself in him. That's what the verse says. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He will give you the desires 
of your heart. So you see delight, you see Lord, and you see desires there. To get God to fulfill the desires of your heart, you have to delight yourself in him. This delight yourself, the first thing you need to note about that is that it is a personal responsibility. It's a personal responsibility. You have to delight yourself. He didn't say delight yourself as you see other people delighting themselves. No. You have to delight yourself in the Lord. So what does that mean, really? Well, it means many things. I'm just going to rush through them quickly, then I will, I, will, I, will, I will stay on a particular thing. Delight yourself in him. Well, according to scripture, we delight ourselves in God by loving and obeying his word. Loving and obeying his word. Psalm 112, verse 1. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord and greatly delights in his commandments, in his word. So we delight ourselves by loving God's word. You know, Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. You know, our theme for this year is showers of blessing. All right? Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of discomfort, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it he meditates day and night. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose leaves will not wither. All right? And whatsoever brings forth his fruit in the season, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Delight yourself in his word. Give yourself to it. We're going to go through a lot of this throughout the year. Give yourself to it. Love the world. It is the enemy that does not want you and I. Please listen very carefully. It is the enemy that does not want you and I to love God's word and to obey it. God's commandments are not burdensome. They are for our primary benefit. Number two, love his presence. Psalm 42 verse 1 to 2. Delight yourself in his presence. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O God. Psalm 63 says, Early will I, O Lord my God, early will I seek you. Early will I seek you. See, listen. Prayer, you know, by the grace of God. One key mistake, misconception, that Satan has sold to the body of Christ is that prayer is designed just to meet the specific requests and needs of people. So when I don't have a need, a pressing need, I don't need to pray. When I have a pressing need, I press into God and pray more. When I see somebody really praying, you know, fervently, oh, what a shame. They must have a very serious need. You know, that's the feeling. That's what Satan sold to us. That prayer is just for us to meet our personal needs. But listen very carefully to me. Prayer does a lot more than that. First major reason why God said men always ought to pray and not faint. Luke 18 verse 1 is because the first primary goal of prayer is that it is the connection point for spiritual growth. It is the connection point for spiritual growth. If you read the word of God only, only, and you don't pray at all, you will be an intellectual. You will be an intellectual. You will be proud. You will be puffed up, like you know. But all you have is just mental ascent. You can put everything in your memory, store it in your memory, but it will not come into your heart. It is prayer that allows the written word to become a living word. It's prayer that allows that written word, as it is written there, you can quote different translations, and by the grace of God, I can quote it. 
Again, the Bible says this, this translation says this, and this one says this, and this one says this. Fantastic. You know what you're going to get? Accolades. People are going to clap for you, and if it's in the classroom, you get a certificate. Fantastic. But you will never be able to express it. It's not bad faith in you. It is prayer that allows the written word to become a living word. It comes alive in your spirit, man. And faith is better, and you're able to act on it. Can I hear an amen from somebody? So the primary goal of prayer is that it's an avenue for spiritual good. Second, secondary reason why we pray. Secondary reason why we pray is that it gives us an opportunity to practice the art, art, A-R-T, the art of intercession. Okay, intercession. It allows us to practice the art of intercession. Prayer is a great privilege where we can come in and stand in partnership with the Holy Spirit Okay, to come into the throne of grace and help shape the destinies of persons, okay, families, cities, and nations. Under the Holy Spirit, as a junior partner under the Holy Spirit, we can partner with him in intercession and shape the destinies of individuals, shape the destinies of families, of cities, of organizations, of nations. So our children, our family members, don't write anybody off. Nobody is a black sheep. The Bible says all your children. How many of them? All. Isaiah 54 verse 13. Please put it on the screen, NKJV. Isaiah 54 verse 13. All your children shall be taught by the law. You see now, this is what prayer does now. If you don't pray and you're just reading the word, if you read this verse now, you will just say, all your children shall be taught by the Lord. Great shall be the peace of your children. You will quote it. When somebody has prayed, when you want to read it, you get to that point and says, all. Just that one word, all. It sounds in, in your spirit. All. That just tells you, my goodness, all. All means nobody is left out. If I have seven children, how many of them? All. Even if they're 25. All. All of them shall be taught directly by the Lord. He will use people indirectly, but you will be taught by him. And he tells me, great, not only will they have peace, shalom, nothing broken, nothing missing, you know, they will have shalom, okay, that also means prosperity, they will prosper in what they do. Great shall be the peace for your children. Isaiah 65, verse 23, you shall not labor in vain, neither shall you bring forth children for trouble. You will not labor in vain, you will not bring forth children for trouble. You will not bring forth children for trouble. You will not labor in vain. So you have a family member that is putting in a lot of labor, trying their best, writing exams, it's not working, doing this, it's not working. Take that scripture. You will not labor in vain. Prayer gives us an opportunity to partner with the Holy Ghost and stand and begin to intercede. Father, you've said in your word, we shall not labor in vain. Uh, your word says, say to the righteous, it shall be well with you. He will eat the fruit. Come and give it to me. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10. He will eat the fruit of his labor. So you have a friend, a family member that is not working, that's not gainfully employed right now. He's on welfare. You take this scripture. Follow your words and say to the righteous, it shall be well with them. They shall eat the fruit of their doings, not the fruit of the government. So Father, thank you for what you're doing and keeping him alive, but this is not it, Lord. It has to be fruitful in what it does. Whatever he lays his hands on, he shall prosper. You take that scripture and you begin to intercede. Prayer gives us that opportunity to partner with the Holy Spirit and to do that. And last year, God gave us the Lord of grace to pray more than we prayed in 2022. And you already know what I'm about to say.
this year, we're taking it up. Not one note, we're taking it up a lot. We're raising the tempo. We're going to pray a lot more this year. Pray a lot more this year. Why? Because prayer gives you the opportunity for spiritual growth. Prayer helps you to partner with the Holy Spirit for intercession. Number three, prayer helps you and I to legislate. Job 22, verse 28. First Job 22, verse 21 says, Acquaint now yourself with him and be at peace. Therefore, good will come. Am I speaking to somebody in the house today? Therefore, good will come. Acquaint yourself now with him and be at peace. Therefore, good will come. Verse 28 says, You shall decree a thing. And it shall be established for who? Oh, speak to me. Come on, church. For me. Now, listen, listen. You know, usually when people read this, when the church, the body of Christ reads this, let me tell you how they read it. This verse 28. Let me tell you how the body of Christ reads it. My pastor will declare a thing and it will establish for me. The general overseer will declare a thing, it will establish for me. Apostle so and so will declare a thing. Ah, amen, no. And it will establish for me. The Bible does not say that. There, is, there are dimensions. Listen, just stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark 16, 17. Gospel account is in Mark 16, verse 17. This signs shall follow who? Those who believe. There is a level of sign and wonders. In other words, there is a level of supernatural that should follow you as a Christian normally. Okay? Because you believe in Christ, there's a level of supernatural that should follow you. So that happens. You decree a thing. And it begins to work because you are given to constancy in the place of prayer. Then 2 Corinthians 12, 12. 2 Corinthians 12, 12 says, 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Truly, the signs of an apostle. So there are two different things. There's the sign of believers. That's the level of everybody. And there's the apostolic sign. In signs and wonders. So when we come to church like this today now, you pray. Then I'm going to pray for you right now, like I would do now at the end of the service. Those, are, those prayers are to trigger what you call apostolic signs. But it does not mean you should not open your own mouth to decree into your own life. Can I hear an amen now? Yeah. You're trusting God for a job. In this new year, you have prayed to God the Father. That's one dimension of prayer. After you prayed to God, you've spoken to God about the situation. Then you now look around and you now speak to the situation about God. You now speak to the situation about God. I decree in this land <laughs> I will be fruitful. In this land I will be fruitful. I will be gainfully employed. In this land, in accordance with the word of God, I stand on the authority of God's word. In this land, no way. In the name of He that has the key of David, that opens and nobody can show. I decree open doors for me. You decree it for yourself. Let's try this out. I decree within the next 21 days, things will change around in your favor. Now, open your mouth for one minute. Say the same thing. Open your mouth. Decree it now. Declare it yourself. Yes. Before this month is over, there will be a major turnaround in my life. Open your mouth. Decree it. I decree before this month is over. Every member of my family will have a testimony in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. 
place we see that number four, the purpose of prayer. Number one, spiritual growth. Number two, intercession. Partnership with the Holy Spirit to, to be able to join with God to mold the destinies of people, places, okay, people, cities, nations, organizations. Number three, to decree, to legislate. And number four, spiritual warfare, to push back on the hand of the enemy. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. You know, I took time out to study that word flee in the original translation. It means to be filled with extreme fear. Flee from you. We live in a wicked world. Prayer is what allows you to stand firm. You know, open heavens. I was in the church office here. I can't remember. I was it 28 or 29. And um, uh, some of our staff, you know, were having a chat, just relaxed and just chatting. And one of them said to me, oh, pastor, you know, you need to see this. Oh, I said, what is that? He said, um, there's a group that has called in. So they called the lady that received the phone call. She came. She told me about the phone call. And um, so the other, other um, colleagues of mine in the office, they now said, uh, so the, the, the lady told them, write an email. So what this is all about is that there's a group that wanted to come from about four hours drive away. And they wanted to come into open heavens, loads of them, all right? Tens of them. And they said they wanted to come and sink. So they told them in the office, oh, sorry, this is just a few days to open heavens. All the artists, everything is all been done. They said, no, 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 no. We're not talking about singing on the platform. We just want to stay in the car park anywhere, outside, in the lobby, just to be singing. We have our own uh, instruments. We just want to be singing and be chanting. Ah. So they said, okay, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Why don't you send an email and put everything there? And, you know, perhaps if you have a website, you know, put it there. So they put the website there and everything. So they opened the website for me. When I went to the website and I clicked on the place that says what we believe, I checked what they believe. These are a bunch of witches. Life. No, no questions asked. Witches. They want to come to the program. So I told the church of I said, congratulations, this is good news. It means that God is going to be there. Mm, because God comes to the garden in the every cool of the evening. So the serpent has to come too. I said, yeah, God that means God is going to be there. I said, don't worry about it. Just what I thought that was okay. Then I was in my hotel room on the 30th into 31st. Having come from the venue, praying and all of that. Then I got an email. And they said there was a lady. She was causing a lot of um, trouble. Um, they tried to push. They've done everything. They've written back to the lady. They pushed back on the lady. But the lady was still causing trouble that she's going to do this, report us to the Canadian government, say this and that and that. What was the issue? The issue is that she said she wanted to come in with a dog. So we so, said, so, all right. He said she has disability. She wanted to come in with a service dog. That's not the problem. We normally would have an area for that, of accessibility. We do that. That's not a problem. But when we checked her details, we realized that she teaches people to be able to access the realm of the spirit by relating with animals. Uses and using hand, how to use animals as mediums to access the realm of the spirit. So I don't even know that one is more than a witch. And she was going to come and sit beside you. <laughs> eh? So when 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 Geometu comes out and says, Kadosh, Kadosh, you'll be asking the person next to you, what is he saying? <laughs> People that were loaded were coming. 
So they told me, I said, don't relax, don't worry about it, don't even need to reply anymore. Don't worry. You don't need to reply. Shevi Angaza. Tuvaye. Kayala Kas Kavaya. I said, let her come. Tumania Fose, Tefrenga Luashava. Shvru Askavia. Tuva Alabasovania. You need to be strong. That's not a problem. Proverbs 14, verse 19. Put it on the screen. Let them see. So that you know that what I'm saying is scriptural. Proverbs 14, verse 19. Why are you afraid? Evil will bow before the good. Where, where would the wicked go back? The wicked at the gate. That's all. Just when they stood by the gate, Javia Kuma Sefia, on the authority of the word of God. Kuma Pakajevia. That's all that it takes. One time you spoke into the atmosphere, that's it. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be afraid of. Prayer allows us to be able to engage in spiritual warfare. Listen to me. If you think life will give you the desires of your heart on a platter of gold, think again. Deuteronomy 2.24. Let's begin to bring this to a close. Have you getting something today? Remember, we're talking about delighting yourself in the Lord. Rise, take your journey, cross over the river. And look, God said, I've given into your hand. See on the Amorite. This is where Christians will say, Amen. And they will leave it there and they will, and they will go. But there's a comma. It's not full stop. He said, Hezbollah <laughs> and Islam begin to possess it. How? You're engaging me in battle. You think that number of people will come into a place without engaging in battle? Thank God for our pastors here. Yeah. Give the Lord a big round of applause for them, please. They engaged in battle day after day, hour after hour, putting their feet on the ground, telling the enemy, not here. They told me, you know, I thought of many, many, many stories. They told me there was a 14-year-old boy that was missing in the hall. Imagine amongst over 10,000 people. And the mother was already getting so panicked. They said, the mother, just come down. We'll find him. As they were walking, they found the boy. What are the, what are the chances? What are the chances? That you have that number of people shoulder to shoulder in a place. Nobody fainted. No emergency. They didn't have to rush in an ambulance. Nothing like that. We had the right person from international center that just told us guys, you know, by 9.30, he said, guys, you know, We've, I should close this place down now because we've already exceeded the number. And they told him, ah, it's, it's okay, it's okay. He said, hmm. yeah, he was panicking, our people were not panicking. And he, he, he agreed. You think that's normal? That is the favor that makes the Egyptians give you what they don't want to give you. It's all, nothing, nobody, life does not give to you what you deserve. Life gives to you what to fight for. And prayer it's a place where we fight for it. Watch out for destiny and dominion. First one, we're starting in February. It's going to be hotter than before. Now, this is the way. The story, we said, delight yourself in the Lord. We delight ourselves in the Lord in prayer, in the word, by praising God. Psalm 34, verse 23. That's another way we delight ourselves in the Lord. By praising God. He said, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Many people think praise is weak. Some think thanksgiving is weak. Some people say, well, you know what, I'm just going to pray. I don't know about praise. Some, you know, some people think praise is a poor cousin, poor relative of prayer. Something thanksgiving is a distant niece of prayer. It's not true. Each one is a stand-alone mystery on the kingdom. Praise. Praise. So today, in a few minutes, now, when we start praising God, understand it's a mystery. You were here on the 24th Sunday at 9 a.m., remember? When we turned this, the whole one-hour session into praise. And we're praising God and congratulating each other. Are you dumb? Are you stupid? For something that's not yet happened, it's still a week away. Did you check your calendar and you're going to be praising God? It's a mystery. Let the people praise you, Lord. Let all the people praise you. Then the earth shall you that increase. There are many of you that the earth is waiting for your praise to trigger it. Many things that God wants to happen to you for you this year. Please don't let circumstances of the past keep you from praising God. And some people say, well, 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 well for what? With all the interviews I did last year and God did not give me, if God, if God wants to do it, let him do it. If he doesn't want to do it, let him not do it. Let me say this to you. Once you get to that kind of a point, Satan has you completely in prison, triple lock. Triple lock. But I pray for you today. That bondage is broken in Jesus' name. Please remember, what you want, God does not need. What you want, God does not need it. What you want, God does not need it. Whether you have it or you don't have it, it doesn't change the status of God. You're not the first person God created. As, I'm, as we're speaking right now, this service now, do you know how many children have been born just in Toronto alone? There are many more. And some of them came out praising God. Yeah! They were praising God. Because that's the only noise they can make. <laughs> well, tell some people, come praise God. Some people feel too big. Some people feel, well, I mean, at my level now. I mean, this is for the children. Look, I let the young girls be jumping up. At my level, I don't even have the energy. Where's the energy now? To me, to me, I'll be going outside. I'll be praising God. I mean, how are all the people that I'm mentoring? I mean, how will they be looking at me? Ah, I feel for you. You don't even understand at all. Ah, may God help you with it. May God give you light. Praise. 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 You see, anybody that decides they won't praise God, that is the last level they will ever be. Scriptural. You will never go beyond that level. And what you have cannot be preserved. It is thanksgiving that lets God know that triggers the preservation first of the level you are in and secondly that triggers the multiplication power. Let me show you, let me show you the scripture. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 19. It's all there. Jeremiah 30 verse 19. If you don't thank God, where you are cannot be preserved. And the next level will not be open. Jeremiah 30 verse 19. Out of them shall proceed what? And the what? The voice of those who make merry. What will happen then? God says, I will multiply them. So that's your next level. But to preserve where you are right now, he said you will not diminish. Did you see that? To preserve where you are right now, he said you will not go down. Then he now says, I will also multiply you. So to preserve where you are, whatever it is that you have right now that you think is not enough, so that it doesn't get worse. To preserve it, the strength you think you don't have. He said, well, look at the way I'm feeling. I don't even have the energy. The what you don't have right now, 
they don't preserve it. They say, well, I don't have a child, but you have a husband, you have a wife. He says, sing over it. To preserve what you have now, you praise him. Voice of melody. Thanksgiving. Then to multiply it is praise. It is a mystery in the kingdom. Then the earth will yield its increase. No matter your level, no matter your achievement, please lay down your crown. Praise him. Praise him. I've seen it. I know what I'm talking about. I've been at the top of my career. And I've seen how people can be cut down. I've seen many things in this country. I've seen people that thought, this is me. There's nothing, nothing can ever happen to me. I'm secure. Like God said about Babylon in the, in the book. And suddenly they cut down in one day. Same people. And I've seen some of us that are stupid enough to keep giving God thanks for what we've seen doing him do. Praising him and forgetting about reputation. When we come before God and songs of praise and thanksgiving is going for, listen to me. There's no pastor, there's no apostle, there's no bishop, there's no CEO. Everybody is a child of God. And by the way, that's the most important title in the world. I'm a child of God. All right, let me bring this to you close. PWA close. You have desire as the first principle. Everybody has it. Only God can do it. Second principle. You must delight yourself in him for him to do it. The reason why people don't really give it their all is because they don't know God. Please stay with me as this is the concluding part of this message. People don't know God. People have heard about God, like Job said. I've heard of you with the hearing of my ear. Then he said, but now my eyes see you. People don't know God for themselves. They know the God that somebody else spoke about. They don't know God. And it pains one that you find believers that have been believers for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. They don't know God. Why should I praise him? Let me just tell you, remind you as you say, three quick things about God. Are you ready? Then we're going to close and we're going to start praising God in a few minutes after that. The first thing you need to know about God, and I will tell you the implications, and that's the first revelation. Somebody say first revelation. The first revelation of God in the Bible is that God is Elohim. Elohim. Now, Elohim, his first revelation is that he's a creator. Please write it down if you're writing. I know you know it, but I want to tell you just one or two implications about that. So that you can, when you, when you, you can be free to praise him. God is what? Elohim. And what's the implication of Elohim? Creator. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now, let me tell you the implication of that. Or part of the implication of that. This is what it means. If what you are looking for does not exist, it's not a problem for God. What you are trusting him for, if it does not exist, is not a problem. Somebody say it's not a problem. Oh, please tell your neighbor, listen, it's not a problem. Tell somebody it's not a problem. What you are trusting God for, if it does not exist, is not a problem. If you've gone for a medical checkup and they tell you, oh, goodness me, Sorry, no sperm count. It's not a problem. Somebody says it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Oh my goodness, no ovulation. Not a problem. It's not a problem. Oh my goodness, nobody's asking you out. Not a problem. 
Listen, we major on statistics. <laughs> what we're looking for is not the statistics. Okay, you know, you know, a particular number of spermatozoa has to be released to get to the only one that will, you know, fertilize the ovary. Fantastic. It's God that created it that way, reproductive system. But Adam and Eve, we forget, they did not come. Adam, Eve, and Jesus, those three people walk on the surface of this earth. They were not born by the fertilization of egg and sperm. You think, people don't know, you think you can restrict this God? God is not a problem. Low sperm count. Somebody say it's not a problem. High unemployment rate, come on. It's not a problem. Let this sink deep into your heart. It's not a problem. I remember when they told me in the pandemic, oh, pandemic, people are not coming to church anymore. It's not a problem. And then God gave me the word. If God has not left, nobody has left. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. I read the story of a man that was pastoring a church in a town of 1,500 people. And every Sunday, 3,000 people gather. It was one of the books I read about church goals some years ago. The thing, my faith went up. My God, how? Because many people travel into the town. Travel into the town. Not a problem. Another implication of it is that if it is unprecedented, it's not a problem. Just because it has never happened before, you have never had a testimony like that before, it's not a problem. Let me give you the scripture. Exodus 34 verse 10. Exodus 34 verse 10. Because it never happened. But okay, have you ever seen anybody? Have you ever seen anybody that they remove the womb and see the child? I've never seen anybody, but it's not a problem. I know God enough to know it's not a problem. Not a problem. Okay, okay. You said, okay, okay, Pastor, I don't know, in your experience, have you ever seen anybody with the level of challenges I'm facing and that still made it? No, I'm sorry, I've never said I won't lie, but God that I want to pray to now. To him, it's not a problem. Exodus 34 verse 10. I will do be, before all, I will make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as has not been done in all the it has not been done before. They will give you an exception. That's yes, yeah, the one I'm talking to. They will give you an exception. Has anybody ever gone to their captive and asked for their precious gold? The night before, and I give it to them. No, nobody has ever done that. Has the Red Sea ever opened before? No. Before Moses? No. Has he ever closed? No. Have you ever seen an entire army, the most sophisticated army in the world, drown in the sea? No. Have you ever seen a little 17 year old boy kill a lion with his hands? No. God always starts with people, it will start with you. It will start something new with you. It will start something new with you. It will start something new with you. Somebody is here. Today, a young lady, a lady, marriageable age, nobody has come to you to ask you out in the last five years. But this year, as the Lord lives, you will get married this year. I didn't say you'll be in a relationship. I said you will get married this year. Somebody is here. The medical conditions, prevailing medical conditions, say you will never have a child. I stand on the authority of God's word. This year, we will dedicate your children. In the name of Jesus Christ. Not a problem. Can nobody shout, not a problem. When you're dealing with Elohim, it's not 
a problem. So when you go and you get news, you get a letter, the letter is contrary to your desire, just say to yourself, what do you say to yourself? It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. Not a problem. The second thing quickly about God is this. Please note this. God is extraordinary. Please write this down if you're writing. God is not normal. Please write it down. Exactly the way I said it. Full stop. It's not disrespect. It's actually worship. I'm telling you. It's like that's actually worship. It's just like when you say God is holy. God is not normal. Every time we try and make God normal, we try and make God normal. We bring God into the into our level of logic. We try and make God normal. Our finite minds cannot process an infinite God. You know, we say many things just to help us. We say God dwells in eternity. Wrong. God does not dwell in eternity. Eternity dwells in God. We don't know God. That's what we do. There are many things we say. We help ourselves just so that it can be easier for us to comprehend. God is not normal. Every time you normalize God, you sterilize his power. When you normalize God, you sterilize his power. People, people normalize God. You're trusting God for the fruit of the womb and you're praying, oh God, let this palm country increase. Oh God, this month, let there be ovulation. Yeah, why are you normalizing God? Why are you doing that? Lord, I want a bouncing baby boy. That's it. Forget about the logic of reproductive process. Who put the system in place anyway? Is it not God? Don't worry about that. Don't normalize him. God is not normal. Listen, that's why God cannot be explained. He can only be revealed. Any attempt to explain God. Sometimes people tell to me, Pastor, can you explain to me? When I tell them, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer. They look at me like, ah. How do you follow a God you don't have an answer? I cannot follow a God, I have an answer to everything. God is a mystery. Write it down, please. That's one of the revelations that helped me a lot. God is a mystery. The Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord our God. The ones that are revealed is what belongs to us. Deuteronomy 29, 29. God is not normal. A normal person, if my son, their child, has a um, bottle of water, Two liters bottle of water in his hand, and I hold the cup like 500 mils, and I walk with me. Ah, oh, my God! And I say, Charles, please, can you give me some water? What Charles is going to do? This is normal. I would do the same thing. Take the thing gently, pour it, pour it. When it's almost full, he say, Is that is that enough? Is that okay? Because he's watching it, he doesn't want it to spill. He watches it, then he, then I say oh, to the brim, then so okay, and I take it to the brim. It's extremely generous. But God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. God takes it and he begins to pour it. He just begins to pour it. Because your cup has to run over. This is, this is God. It's not normal. Okay. Will a normal person do that? A normal person will do that. You want to feed 5,000 people. Okay, you fed them. Why do we have to have the 12 extra baskets? It's not normal. You need to understand that. You are going to a place, you have opportunities for boats, but you are walking on the water. Do you think that is normal? That's not normal. In, in Luke chapter 4, you just came out, you're starting your ministry, and people are pushing you and pushing you. They're pushing you to the cliff of the, on the rock at the edge of the sea to push you down. And you're allowing them to push you. I'm, excuse me, please, listen to me. I've just started ministry. I'm, 
I've not even done anything. Who have I offended? Please, leave. I will be bargaining with them, pleading, binding, doing everything before I get to that age. And Jesus allowed them, and they were pushing him. And he followed them, and they were pushing him. And he followed them, pushing him. When he got to the age, the Bible said he turned back and he walked in the middle of them. Is that normal? Normal people don't do that. Okay, let me ask you this. Do normal people rise up from dead after three days? Okay, when they tell you your friend is dead, so this sickness is not a death, but it's unto so life. Normal people don't go to the grave of their friend and say, Father, I thank you. Normal people don't do that. But Jesus, God went there and said, Father, I thank you. Lazarus, let's go home. We have a dinner appointment in John chapter 12. Listen to me. Don't serve the God that is normal. That's an idol. It's extraordinary. You pray to him, oh God, this is this. This is the venue. It's 10,000 people. Oh God. He said, I've had you. But because it's not normal, many people have to come and bang the door. Because it's extraordinary. Haven't you read your Bible? Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above everything we ask or think. Now finally, not only is God Elohim, is extraordinary. Final thing I want to just remind you about concerning God is this. Listen, he has the final say. God has the final say. Listen, listen. Because many people don't even know when God speaks. They don't know. Some people say, well, God spoke to me, God spoke to me. They don't know. Let me tell you how you know God is one. Part of how you know God is speaking to you, apart from Psalm 85, verse 8, which says he will speak peace. Listen, one of the ways you know the lingo of God, God doesn't speak introduction. He doesn't speak the body. He speaks conclusions. God always speaks the conclusion. That's it. When he speaks... He will speak the conclusion. God is the one that calls the things that be not as they were. He says, Abraham, you're a father of nations. That's it. He speaks the conclusion. Are you with me? Listen. What the enemy says, or what the enemy has said, only stands until God speaks. Everything the enemy has said, they've said you never have a child. They said you never get married, including the one you've that been with, you know, you, all the whispers you've been hearing, including the dreams you've been having, all those things, all the things the enemy has been saying. Every single thing only stands until God speaks. That's why we must make sure God speaks. When God speaks, He speaks the conclusion. He speaks what? So come on, say it to me. He speaks what? You have to understand, He speaks the conclusion. The reason why He speaks the conclusion is that. He has more than enough power to process it to the conclusion. But he speaks the conclusion. He says, your brother shall rise again. Conclusion. Your brother shall rise again. John 11, 23. Your brother shall rise again. That's it. He speaks the conclusion. And God is speaking the conclusion to, to somebody here today. By the end of this month, you will have many reasons to shout for joy. By the end of this month, you will have many reasons to shout for joy. By the end of this month, you will have many reasons to shout. Come on, if you're that person, you open your mouth, give him a shout.
Let me say this to you. Now, listen. Once God speaks, I want to say something to you about when God speaks. Listen. When God speaks, what he has said is written, written, written into your destiny. At the same time it is written into your destiny, that writing of God into your destiny becomes a mandate for spiritual forces to see it come to pass. Psalm 103 verse 19. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, God sits in heaven, rules over the whole world. All right? And verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, O ye his angels, who excel in strength, who do, come and speak to me now, in his word. Once he writes it, the angels see what he has written to your destiny as their mandate. That's why God must speak. Now, how can I get God? Because after the praise tonight, today I'm going to come and speak by the leading of the Holy Spirit. How do I get God to speak to me personally? So give me Isaiah, NKJV, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 29 to 31, and this is where I close. Have you been blessed today? Isaiah 30, verse 29. Listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. You shall have a song. You shall have a one. As in the night in the holy festival is kept. Gladness of heart as when one goes with a flute to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel. The Lord will cause his voice to be heard. If you are not one that is ready to praise God, then God can speak the conclusion into your life. And as long as God does not speak the conclusion into your life, what the enemy has said has the capacity to stand. But not to you today. I said, not to you today. Whatever will not allow you to praise God, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Whatever will not allow you to praise God with liberty, I rebuke it today in Jesus' name. Friends, when God speaks, when God speaks, he speaks the conclusion. Nothing is as beautiful as watching the movie before the movie. When everybody is tensed at the cinema because you know how it's going to end, because God has spoken the conclusion, you know how it's going to end. I know somebody here has a wonderful future with a happy ending. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.